everyone, I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Uravallen and I want to welcome you all to Future is Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funkas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. We don't blame you if you're struggling to put together all the measures that the EU has proposed in the last few weeks to survive through the most complicated winter we ever faced. The energy crisis is so complex and there is so much at stake that we thought we would dedicate today's show to understand what are the real plans that the EU has in order to guarantee energy supplies and protect businesses and consumers from expensive energy bills. Let me introduce you all to our guest today. Miguel Gil-Tertre is Chief Economist at the Directorate General for Energy at the European Commission. Miguel is a high-profile public servant that is currently in the EU machinery of the most crucial policy challenge that Europe is facing at the moment. So we are very grateful uh, that you're joining the Futurist Blue podcast today, Miguel. Welcome. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Excellent. Uh, Miguel is in Brussels and I'm also in Brussels and now we are traveling to Madrid to say hi to Raymond Torres, Funcas Europe Director. Hello, Raymond. Hello, I'm glad to join this talk with Miguel. Excellent. So let's get started. Um, I think it's worth taking a look at the precise measures that the EU has announced in the last days. Miguel, I think it's fair to say we are approaching one of the most complicated winters that we had over the last decades and energy is at the epicenter of the current concerns. Could you please perhaps remind us of the latest decisions and announcements that the EU has taken over the last few days? Yes, so on the on the actually yesterday the commission adopted a new package on uh, on the electricity market and this uh, this package is made of uh, you know three elements in one proposal under article 122 which is an emergency procedure here in the in the uh, in the EU and uh, this proposal looks at having some uh, targets that member states will have to implement on the demand reduction for electricity. We also have, you know, uh, the possibility of introducing emergency measures in the uh, electricity market uh, in order uh, to get, you know, to capture revenues from inframarginal uh, technologies and use these revenues, I mean, what is called, commonly called windfall profits, and use these revenues to support uh, vulnerable consumers, to support the development of uh, green uh, renewable energy sources and, um, and others. And finally, uh, you know, the imposition of uh, solidarity contribution from these activities in the fossil fuel sector related to uh, the extraction and refining of, uh, of fossil fuels. Now, this, uh, this package, what it aims is at lowering the effect that uh, the current situation on global gas prices, which has been very much amplified by uh, Putin's war on, uh, on Russia, is having 
on the consumers in the electricity side. This is having you know, an impact on industry, it's having an impact on inflation, and there is this case for, uh, for some emergency intervention. Thank you, Miguel. Raymond, what is your assessment of these measures? Are they, is this enough? Are they, do they make sense? Are they going to make an impact? What is your first assessment on what Miguel just mentioned? I think, I think this is a, a very much a welcome development and this is a major step in the right direction and it breaks some of the uh, kind of the status quo that prevailed before. Uh, which uh, made, made it very difficult to, to change the dynamics and in a way um, it, it actually made uh, the recession in the Eurozone every day more likely with the uh, increase in energy prices. I, I think that the most important of the measures it has to do with the reform of the electricity market because it reduces the amplification effect that the, the electricity markets, the way they function until now, has, has given is amplification effect, which uh, means that uh, any, any change in gas prices which enters the electricity mix has a, a major impact throughout the, the whole electricity generation uh, uh, market. And so, uh, therefore, I think it amplified the inflationary effects of the increases in gas prices we have seen, uh, and more may come. Uh, during the winter if the gas supply, the gas exports to Europe are completely interrupted, in fact. So I think this is very much a welcome development. The second element which is useful has to do with the compensation mechanism, including through the participation of fossil fuel producers, because this compensation would make it possible for um, vulnerable sectors, economic sectors, and also vulnerable households to survive through uh, the winter and therefore maintain both uh, the, uh, in a way, social cohesion, but also the supply in the market, the supply in other sectors. Because if these sectors, in a way, are bankrupt because they simply cannot sustain higher and higher everyday higher energy prices, then we will end up with a downward spiral in the supply throughout our economies and therefore an aggravation of the inflationary pressures in the end. So I think this is an intelligent measure. It breaks some of the dogmas that prevailed before, but I think it goes in the right direction. There is, Miguel, I want to ask you because there was a measure that was um, was on the table over the last few weeks, and I think that there was not consensus to approve it at this point, but President von der Leyen in the debate of the State of the Union, she said that uh, the Commission and Member States would still consider this idea and they would negotiate further on this idea. And I'm referring to the, the famous cap on price on, on gas prices and there were like two options on the table some were proposing to to establish this cap for for gas coming from russia others were saying that only a cap for all gas coming to europe would make sense what is your what is your assessment of this idea would this make sense do you think it's 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 a it's an idea that would make a difference in in to 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 deal with this crisis go ahead well Yes, well, it's not for me, you know, to say because, as as you as you mentioned, I mean, discussions are taking place with the member states, and uh, you know, in the, in the in the council there was a discussion at the uh, extraordinary energy council last Friday, uh, where uh, you know this was one of the elements that was put uh, on the table on the uh, you know in the non paper for uh, for discussion, and uh, clearly, I mean, uh, you know, more technical work. Uh, 
uh, is needed on these, uh, you know, on issues which are uh, technically very complex and that can have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, economic, uh, legal, uh, technical uh, consequences. Now, what I what I think it's it's important is uh, to consider that we are, you know, in a in a um, uh, let's say, you know, in a global market for uh, for natural gas. And it is important that we are able to attract, you know, on the one hand, uh, gas uh, from all over the world. And as I said, we are in competition with Asia and others. And also to ensure that we are able, you know, to uh, distribute, you know, this uh, gas and ensure the flows of gas inside, uh, inside the EU. Now, if we have, I mean, some, uh, let's say, some... Uh, uh, a criteria in mind, you know, related to the to the coherence with the different packages that we have done. I mean, in July, we did a package uh, that looked at uh, you know reducing uh, gas demand consumption. I think it's very important for us to ensure the security of supply. It's also important to protect the functioning of the internal market, and it's also very important to ensure the consistency with uh, the objectives of the of the Green Deal. And finally, I mean, any any measure clearly needs to be temporary in nature and, you know, quick and simple to, to implement. Raymond, any reaction to that idea? I think, as, as, as Miguel said, this is not easy at all because, you know, we're talking about global markets and the gas situation and the consumption of gas is not, is not exactly the same in the 27 member states. I mean, uh, what is your reaction in, to this debate? Absolutely, I think this is one of the difficulties. The, 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 the proportion of gas that enters the energy mix, and in particular the electricity mix, is different across countries, uh, which of course uh, makes it complicated to have a single solution uh, to this problem. But uh, nevertheless, I believe that uh, capping the, the price for inframarginal you know, uh, sources of, of electricity is, 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 I think, a step in the right direction. The uh, Spain and Portugal have a different solution, which is to cap gas prices themselves. Probably the impact will be stronger than is the case with the other solution. It really, it really depends on where the cap is put. But I would say, at this stage, what uh, probably is missing is two elements. Uh, I think we need, first of all, um, much greater emphasis on the energy interconnections between European countries. Because by uh, strengthening these interconnections, it will be easier to uh, ensure that uh, you know, we have the best possible price for the European uh, Union as a whole. Uh, and that will require much more investment and also agreement by all countries to, to uh, facilitate this investment in these interconnections. The other thing that is needed, which I don't think has been contemplated, but maybe Miguel knows better, is to, at the same time as we do all these measures, which are, you know, of course, uh, you know, taken in urgency in a, in, a very, in a very difficult situation, we need to look longer term and therefore introduce incentives for change. And I would say maybe introducing incentives for energy saving built into the price structure, for example, ensuring that the first, uh, there is, there is a, a package of basic uh, needs which has a much lower price than uh, when you go beyond this package between, between a, 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 certain, a certain threshold of consumption, then you would pay the market price or closer to the market price. So maybe introducing this incentive-based mechanism would be a good way to little by little not only avoid the simplification effect of the gas market on the rest of energy, but in addition to um, encourage 
energy savings throughout uh, the, the whole economic system and throughout the consumption basket. Let, let Miguel, I'm very curious to know your reaction to what Raymond says, because to me, it makes a lot of a lot of sense, because I think throughout the pandemic, I think businesses and consumers, we've learned how we can we can do things uh, in a different way. And I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, businesses they could do, they could uh, enforce telework and that would make a difference to their their energy bills, probably. So what is what is your reaction to what, what Raymond is saying? I mean, I think we need we need to differentiate, uh, you know, and this is why why it's important when looking at this at this issue. What are we capping, you know, and what is the scope of, uh, you know, uh, what is intended uh, to be done, and uh, and what are the objectives? Because if we are talking about, uh, let's say, uh, the use of gas for electricity generation, which I I understand, uh, you know, what uh, that was discussed. This is clearly. Uh, one thing, I mean, that looks, you know, probably at the effect of, uh, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, the increase in gas prices can have on electricity and further down the chain on, um, you know, on on inflation. Then, uh, you know, we have the, let's say, the, the, the caps or, you know, the, let's say, I, I, I don't like to call it caps because, I mean, we are talking about very different types of measures, but, you know, those measures that look at wholesale gas markets. So, at the way that gas is uh, traded and eventually, you know, distributed, not to the final consumer, but, you know, in a wholesale, at a wholesale level. Uh, we might be also talking about import prices because, you know, as I was mentioning before, uh, prices, uh, let's say, you know, the EU imports, you know, the gas, the majority of the gas uh, that it uh, that it uses. And then finally, there is the retail level where you have the use of gas for heating, for industry and for electricity generation. Uh, moving on, I wanted to ask you both about inflation, because I think um, it's uh, it's so concerning the, the inflation numbers we've seen in the last months. And obviously, they are mostly cost in Europe due to the prices of energy. So I wonder whether these these measures that have been announced recently are they going to make an impact? Are they going to re reduce inflation, Raymond? What what is your assessment? Yes, well, that's uh, really the big the big question. Of course, uh, it is a, part of it depends not so much on the on the reforms or any decisions which are made in Brussels, but it also depends on decisions which are made in Moscow and in particular whether uh, President Putin, what he decides to do in terms of its deliveries of gas to Europe, because it would have a very different impact. Uh, also, uh, on the part of other countries, you know, the supplies that uh, are expected from other party, other countries. We haven't heard good news recently from the US, where producers seem to be concerned about not having enough capacity to increase their exports to Europe, uh, uh, you know, produces in the United States, which was expected to be one of the main uh, kind of uh, replacements of, of Russian gas. So, uh, I mean this because it depends on, on geopolitical elements and on external elements external to Europe. That said, I think that the, the measures could potentially contribute to at least attenuate the energy, uh, the energy part of inflation. And it, it could provide a very important uh, element together with other measures. We need not only that, but the success of these will depend on the complementarity with other measures. In particular, I think it's extremely important in all European countries to ensure that uh, the wage, wage prices loop is not 
put in motion. Uh, so far, uh, we have seen relatively little elements of this, although this is maybe starting to happen. So far, the main impact on energy prices has been on the indirect effects throughout the value chain. In other words, incorporation of energy prices throughout transportation, food, etc., etc. But so far, European countries have more or less managed to avoid the loop of higher prices leading to higher wages and so on and so forth. So that is another policy, a, po a different policy plan that needs to be uh, added to the tool in order to support the uh, policy which is being announced by the European Commission. I hope it will be discussed and agreed uh, very soon by the European Council and that would help certainly as well. But, but uh, I am not very optimistic in the short term. I think the dynamics is there. So this is something which uh, we will very much uh, you know, depend on complementary measures and on the success of demand side measures as well to save energy in the first instance. Thanks, Raymond. Miguel, please tell me that you're a bit more optimistic than Raymond to, in our capacity to control inflation in the short term. But we are in a, in a situation where we need to see, I mean, what happens with the interest rate hikes and also what is the growth in uh, in uh, in china and asia i mean these are to me the big you know two big uh, uh, the two big question marks i mean i think that unfortunately uh, uh, let's say a decrease in inflation might probably come with some recessionary uh, effects so we are in a situation where let's say uh, the prospects are uh, you know are not the best let's let's put it this way but uh, but the extent to which uh, the adjustment i mean it's going to bring a strong recession i think that the jury is out that we cannot we cannot say yet in fact uh, we're about to close this conversation but i wanted to ask you my last question was indeed about recession and whether we can escape recession and i think as, as miguel said probably we'll we'll see in a, in a couple of months and uh, uh, but before we, we before we know, Raymond, do you have any any other consideration on this on this idea? Can we escape recession? Uh, it's going to depend on Putin on what he does next. Or yes, I think it's going to be very difficult to escape a recession. The question will be whether it's uh, it's going to be a short term, you know, um, recession. In other words, that it lasts not more than two or three quarters and is mild, or whether it's a prolonged one. And uh, I think in the, in the very short term, it's going to be very difficult to escape this uh, recession because the combination of the energy shocks, food price shock, geopolitical tensions, monetary tightening, all goes in the same direction. <laughs> it's almost a perfect storm. But I think the different policies, in, and one is uh, the one that was announced yesterday by the Commission, uh, if we are wise, and also depending on the graduality on monetary policy. I think it's very important that monetary policy does not act too abruptly and that the reaction is gradual. Uh, and in addition to that, if each country uses its fiscal policy wisely, we may have a better prospect in the medium to longer term. So I wish we have a short and not deep recession. Uh, I, will, I would buy that. Um, Miguel, any final words before we we close well i you know i i would like to you know summarize and a bit recall you know everything that uh, you know the, the the commission has done because it has been a very busy year uh, for us uh, since september of uh, of last year 
and I think that uh, a lot of progress, you know, has been done. I, I, I know that sometimes when we are in a crisis, it looks like a, a reaction, you know, is not as fast as people would like, you know, to see, uh, given the challenges that we have on the table. But, I mean, we, you know, we passed on new regulation for uh, uh, for storages. And, uh, you know, this winter we will come... Uh, within a much better situation related to the gas storages than the one we had uh, in the previous in the previous year, we have adopted uh, the Repower EU plan to reduce the dependence on Russia's fossil fuel. We adopted the package on gas demand reduction. We adopted also the package now on emergency interventions in the electricity markets and the reduction of uh, electricity demand. We have also implemented the sanctions, uh, you know, towards Russia on the energy side, and uh, there was, uh, you know, unanimity uh, when these sanctions were adopted. So, I mean, I think that a lot is uh, is is taking place, uh, both on the supply and the demand side. And uh, you know, as I as I said, I mean, the we are living challenging times, but at the same time, I mean, we are responding, you know, together. And I think that. Uh, so far, the response has been quite, uh, quite fast. This is an unprecedented crisis, and I think we're seeing an unprecedented number of responses from Europe. I think we can all agree on that. And I thank you for for the summary because we go, we tend to go so fast because things changes change so fast that we 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 lose perspective on on the number of measures that have been taken. And you summarized them very well. Um, I want to thank you both and uh, Miguel uh, Hiltertre, who's Chief Economist at the Directorate General for Energy at the European Commission. Thanks a lot for for your joining us today, Miguel. Thanks a lot for the invitation. Raymond Torres, Funcas Europe Director. Take care, Raymond. Thanks very much, Carlos and Miguel. Bye. Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Future is Blue is a Funcas Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Ravallen, and if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all and stay well.